sharing stories the last several weeks of people in our church, and, uh, and we haven't shared every story, of course. Um, we've got much more. In fact, every week I feel like I'm hearing a new story of people in our church, people who've been here for a minute, people who have not, people who just kind of joined in recently. Um, somebody hand them a, a good mic. That'd be awesome. And, uh, and, and so they're, they, they are new families, some new families, some people, again, who've been around for a bit, and, uh, but people who have made this home and people who have found a place. And uh, we've been sharing these stories because it's uh, November. It's a, it's a season to be thankful. It is uh, really, that's every season, but we are trying to be, as best we can, thankful for what God has done. I don't know if some of you need 2018 to move on and you are ready for it to get going. Maybe that's why you set Christmas up so soon. Um, but you are just ready for this to be done. You're celebrating New Year's in a week and a half. Um, but I, I don't know about you. Maybe, that's, maybe you've had a great year. But, but for many of us, the, the, the reason we sometimes don't continue to give is because we've forgotten to have thanks. We, we, so we, we've stopped the thanksgiving, and so we've stopped giving. We've stopped being generous people. And, and, and so us giving thanks is, is, is a prerequisite to a healthy life in Christ. And, uh, and when, you, when you find a believer who just never seems to ever say thank you, you need to go, hey, you need to go, you need to go hang with Jesus a little bit because you've forgotten what this thing is all about. Uh, this really, the moment I meet Jesus, every moment after that is a life of rejoicing and thankfulness. I, that doesn't mean ease and simplicity. It just means thanksgiving and joy. And um, it's a response. And so uh, Jesse and Abby, and I'll let them tell the story, but, uh, and, and they were trying to figure out how they could be concise, and we're doing our best to share more stories. You'll hear a bit more about that Vision Sunday next week. And as we were leading up to Vision Sunday, it was important for us, for all of us to understand um, what God has done in the lives of people and what God has been doing and what he is going to continue to do. Amen? And so uh, I, I wanted Jesse and Abby to come up. I, I, uh, I've known Abby for a bit because she was a barista at a local coffee shop that I frequent, um, spend a lot of money at, and, um, and, and uh, for, a, for a season she was there, and, and uh, along with a few others that now call this place home. I, I find if you buy enough things from people, they'll at least come to your church once. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and so, uh, but one day, uh, Jesse and Abby walked in the door. We had, you know, we, we'd met before, but um, they walked into church one Sunday. They'd been, like, months and months before that, and then we hadn't seen them, and I thought I'd done something wrong. And uh, it turned out it was actually Scott that did it. But, um, and, then, it was John. Uh, and then, and then uh, they walked in on a Sunday, and I said, man, what are you doing here? It's awesome to have you here, but what? Was surprised, and he goes, "Well, I just I think we want to call it home." And I was like, "Man, you hadn't even been in the service yet." And uh, but they did, and they've been here ever since. And uh, I'm super excited about it. I love having you guys here, and and really enjoy it. But just yeah, what does C3 Forward meant to you guys? Let these guys kind of hear your story and, and how you ended up here and why you're still here and what yeah. God's doing. Yeah, well, um, like Brendan said, I'm Jesse. This is Abby, and our daughter Pearl is back in kids' church. Everybody knows Pearl, man. And Everybody knows Pearl. She's always running around saying hi to people, but. Yeah, and we have another one on the way. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, so before C3, we were, we were church hopping a bit. We were a part of like some larger churches in the Dallas area, and um, we've never really been the type of people that are like, I don't know, we don't enjoy, it feels like a conference when you're going to a big church sometime, you yeah. know, and we were missing out on community, we were missing out on just people who lived everyday life and, I don't know, weren't weird, like, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't hey, know. Hey. Like, just to be honest, hey. you know? Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Um, when we 
started coming to C3, I had a lot of really good conversations with Brandon just about life and what it meant to be a believer and kind of expressed a lot of my frustrations and doubts that I was going through at the time um, because we went through a lot just to get married. And most people have a rough couple years after they get married. And we had a rough couple years before we got married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we were kind of the opposite. And so marriage has just been a great picture of grace for us and and family, and, and Pearl's been a testament alone, just having her now, you know? Yeah. It's part of why we named her Pearl is because she came from a lot of struggle and, and issues, you wow. know? Um, but yeah, so we started coming to C3, immediately felt at home, like we went from that big church environment to something that's a little smaller, and just had a good opportunity to meet everyone, and yeah, yeah. so, yeah. I don't know. It's awesome. I didn't really want to say anything, but there's two sides to every story. So I, uh, my side of it was, you know, we were going to a bunch of different churches and we were at a bigger church and we loved it. It was awesome. But I was having so much anxiety just on the way to church. I wanted to like puke. I was so nervous. And, um, that kind of had to do with the struggles that we had before we got married. We were, pretty poorly treated by church leadership. And um, so going to church and not knowing the church leadership was really hard because there's this like whole mystery of like, do they hate me? I don't know. You know, you know, the enemy just works in that, like the unknown. And so coming to C3, knowing the pastors, getting a hug from the pastor when I came in the door, I was like, oh, wow, like, (laughs) you know, this is so different. And um, just the community here is really yeah. great because yeah. um, it's not just the pastors that have spoken into our lives. It's, it's all these people out here, yeah. you know, yeah. so it was really cool. Felt like home. Like That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Is that cool? I, I love it. I love it. Um, these guys have been amazing. And, uh, I, you know, I remember at one point, uh, this was months and months before you ever came to church. I remember Abby sitting down and I was in the middle of, I was probably in the middle of sermon prep because that's what I do all week. And um, what do you do all week, pastor? You know, did you do anything? And, um, and I'm not bitter about those questions. And, uh, but, but, uh, but, but Abby came over. She was working. She asked me a question and, and just, we just kind of had this conversation, very difficult conversation, a very painful, obviously painful conversation. You're like, how are you? And I was like, <laughs> I just cried. <laughs> not good. Um, but I think I think what I've I found in in uh, in so many of these stories, honestly, and it and it, I know I know she mentioned Meredith and I, but I, but I would say that uh, for so many of us and for so many of um, these people, uh, it, it's been the community, it's been the church. It feels like home, and uh, the place feels like a place you can belong. And uh, I didn't call him out last time, but I remember like Jeremy back here. Jeremy, wave your hand, man. Yay! And uh, Jeremy, I was going to make him come all the way up, but you're sitting like middle, and it'd be, yeah. And um, Jeremy talked about, man, he hadn't been in church. He, his family had gone through some really painful things in church. In fact, his father was part of church leadership, was pastor, and got really treated poorly, and, and, uh, and he didn't come back to church for over a decade, and, uh, and walked in here, and I think he's missed one Sunday in like 12 weeks, and, um, and has found a place. Isn't that awesome? Um, and and uh, I, I just, here's what I believe. I believe there's more Jesse and Abby's. I believe there's more Jeremy's. I believe there are more people out there who need to find a church like never before. 
Uh, they need to find a place. And that's not to say every other church doesn't have anything. I'm just simply saying that there, there is a grace on this church for a particular thing. And, and we need to be able to express that and be, uh, lean into it and invite people into it. Amen? And, uh, and to allow people to be a part of it. And whether we have it all figured out or not, we don't. Uh, we still want to invite people into the grace that God gives us to figure it out while we're going. And, uh, and I love Jesse and Abby. I love them. I'm so thankful for them. So give it up one more time for Jesse and Abby. That was awesome. Um, you guys are great. You guys can grab a seat. Thank you so much. And um, I, I, we should have worked harder on our names for our boys, babe, because Kaysen means something. Gray just means son of gray. Um, but how you guys doing? Good? We've had quite a day already. We've already went there, come back, gone again. And uh, I want you to turn to Mark chapter 2. We've been there the whole time. In fact, uh, the last several weeks, and in fact, my, my page fell out. I'm, <laughs> I'm losing pages out of this Bible because we stay in one spot for so long. And uh, so we'll, we'll try to make it work. I don't know if it's still anointed or not um, now that it's out. Uh, but Mark chapter 2, we are just a bunch of real, honest, authentic people uh, just trying to live this life together. And uh, I am not a man of God uh, any more than anyone else is. We are just people together living this thing out. Amen. And uh, pointing people to see Jesus. We want people to see Jesus. Not us, not even church necessarily. We want them to see Jesus. And because they've seen Jesus, join his family and join the church and be a part of the community. And uh, the strength of the church is not the church. The strength of the church is the cornerstone Christ. And so it's important for us to know that. And uh, I hope you're ready for Vision Sunday next week. I will be asking you to commit to some things. Uh, three things in particular, pray, serve, and give. Uh, pray, serve, and give. And we got some particular applications of that. Uh, December 2nd, next week, I really want you to be there, be a part. If you call this home, this, that's going to be a day for us to, uh, to really lean in. And so we're going to uh, give financially, uh, we're going to serve with our time, and we're going to pray. We're going to seek God for what he wants to do, because I believe we've got some things. And it will not just be kind of like, hey, we're going to have a great year. That's not kind of the idea. In fact, we'll kind of give you an idea of what the next couple years look like for our church. Um, but it will not just be a message around the things we're going to do. Uh, at the end of the day, the things we're going to do are really about the thing we are trying to accomplish. And the thing we are trying to accomplish is to, let, that to see this whole city see Jesus, right? This whole city to see Jesus on every street and every heart. And another way to say that is to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. Amen? And so that's what we're doing. Mark chapter 2, and I hope you're there. We uh, Honestly, we've been here for now, I think this is a fourth week, all in the same story. And in fact, if really, we look back to Leadership Weekend several weeks ago. How awesome was Leadership Weekend? Man, I'm still buzzing off that. Uh, Leadership Weekend was phenomenal, and we, we preached this message. Mark chapter 2, I'm going to read through the verses if you haven't been here, just to give you a familiarity with the story, and then we'll jump into a couple things, and I'll still have you out of here on time, uh, but you don't even know what that actually means, so I can kind of move that. It's a moving target. Mark chapter 2, verse 1, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. And we said that sometimes the world is too consumed with where they stand rather than just picking up the corner at which they stand. Whatever corner's in front of you, pick it up. And I found that I, 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 it's easier to steer the car once I get moving. Uh, it's much easier to steer a moving car than a parked one. 
And so for many of us, we're, we're trying to steer our car without actually getting going because we're so worried and so anxious about the next step that we won't take the step. And it's sometimes in the step that you discover what God wants you to do and where he wants you to go. And we got to have faith. It's like the Indiana Jones, and I know none of you have seen it. Uh, some of you have seen it because you're film connoisseurs and you know it's a great film. The, the step of faith where you can't see where it is, but you know it's there. And, and I, I think that's the life that Christ has called us to. So if you like comfortable, you should go to some other religion uh, because Jesus did not call you to comfortable. He called you to calling. And the whole purpose of, it, of your life is that you might live in the purpose he has put in your heart. And you will come most alive when you are living out what's in your spirit, not necessarily what is in your surroundings. Amen? I'm ready to go, y'all. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, seeing their faith, not his faith, seeing their faith because your faith could save somebody. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. He was setting up the religious leaders because they all thought if you were sinful, you were sick. So they attached his sickness to his sin, meaning that you made some mistakes. You, you turned away from God or someone in your past did, and so now you're paying the price of it. And, and, and so you are sinful, so you're sick. You deserve it. And so Jesus heals, forgives his sin because he wanted them to ask the question, you can't forgive sin because he's still sick. So Jesus sets him up. But some of them were thinking, so Jesus, let me turn my page. All right, people on the podcast do not understand why that's funny, but okay, here we go. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? Everybody knows the answer to that question. It's easier to say your sins are forgiven because nobody can prove it. So I will prove to you, unless you're the Son of God, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned the paralyzed man and said, turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, Pick up your mat and go home. I love that phrase. Go home. That's an important part of your healing. Home is an important part of your healing. Not because it will confirm your healing, because it is the place where your healing needs to bring life to other people. And so you need to go home. I want to reference an old movie. Are you too good for your home? It's a happy Gilmore, right? This idea that are you, go in the, are you too good for your, how many of you know some of the, the most difficult places to go is home? Because yeah, home is where the heart is, but sometimes home is where the hurt is too. Sometimes home is where you were rejected because of a failure or you were put in a certain light because of a certain decision or you were looked down upon or someone never believed in you or, or maybe your friends never stood by you in this season of your life or, or, or home is where that relationship was torn apart or home was and, you, and there are things that you don't want to go home to because people know you there. I find it's easier to share my story with people I don't know. It's not easy to share my story with people I'm familiar with because they're familiar with me. And they know if I'm making this up or not. They know if I'm telling the truth or not. So what I'd rather do is just find a new home. I'm just going to go get a new home. I don't want to go back to my old. I want to go to a new home. It would have been easier for this paralyzed man. I'm sure he would have loved to get up and Jesus to go stand up, pick up your mat and follow me. Go with me to the next city. Go with me to the next healing. Go with me to the next thing. No, but he sends the guy home. 
In fact, he does that on, on, a, on a few different occasions. Go and tell nobody. And in other occasions where he says, go and tell everybody. He had a real incredible sense of timing. But in all of those moments, he would tell people to go back to where they came from. Not to go back the same way. He didn't tell them to go back up through the roof. He told them to go out the door. Like, go a different way. But go. You need to go home. Because on your way home, all the people who saw you come here on a mat are going to see you come home with the mat. And you need to go home so that people can see that there's a difference in you. That's why all... I know we love this verse. God created, given you good works created beforehand. You are a new creation created in Christ Jesus for good works, right? Created beforehand so that you could, what? Walk them out. He didn't just give you good works. He gave you good works to walk. He gave you good works to go. He gave you good works so that in you, you would carry with you the mat. Your mat would become your message. No longer would it be the thing that holds you. It'd be, you would hold it. And now people could go, because there's no reason. Honestly, there's no reason for him to pick up the mat. If he's never going to need it again, why would he need to pick it up? It doesn't matter if you go home if you don't ever take your mat with you. He took his mat so it could become his message. So he didn't have to say anything. He just got to let his life do the talking. Now, I'm not, please don't get all super spiritual and go, see, I don't ever have to tell people. I can just walk this thing out. Well, that would be assuming that you walk it out well. Am I right? I mean, sometimes you got to tell people that Jesus has grace for you because you need some grace, like right now, like because you just said that thing to your wife, or you just said that, or you shouted that thing and realized your windows were open. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. That's never happened to me. I'm just saying that like maybe it happened to you. Real people. And so Jesus says to go home. And I know for some of us, going home is not the easiest thing. And I'm not necessarily even telling you that, that you have to go back to where you were. I'm not necessarily trying to get to this idea that somehow you have to go home every day and you have to go back and live with your parents or anything like that. I'm, I'm just simply telling you that, 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 that there's a place where you can go that you're familiar, that, that people know you, that people understand you. People who know you don't know you anymore. And they need to see that. There is somebody who needs to see that they don't know you anymore. And it may not be that your life is completely different because we all assume the paralyzed man was perfect. Everything was good after he got healed. That all of a sudden because he was healed that now everything was sorted out. That all the relationships he had let fall away or the job he no longer had was all sorted out because he got healed. No, he had to go back and still do those things. God gave you healness so you could go get wholeness. Healness? Did I just say healness? I was two words ahead and I... God has got to give me, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and, 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 and so God gave you healing so that you could actually stand on two feet and go work this thing out that God gave you to do. Sometimes we worry why we had this moment with God that not everything's worked out after we walk out the door. He, he gave you the moment so you could go into the moment, right? Don't lose it, never let it go. The moment. You got, you got to take hold of the moment and realize that that moment, that, that mat becomes your message as you walk this thing out. So go home. And so he walks out the door, and the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. 
Never seen anything like this before. See, I want us to be a church where people see Jesus like never before. I want us to be a church where people see community like never before. I want them to see a church that sees pastors like never before. Not because, but because we gave them a hug or we handshake. I want them to go, oh, you know what? I didn't have to depend actually on the pastors to do it. I actually was able to, I, there's a bunch of people who are speaking into my life because this church isn't one voice, it's many voices. And, 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 and not like never before, I believe this church can be a place that people walk in and they're astonished, they're amazed. They're going, wait, what? What's happening here? And it's not just because the music was good or the preaching was astounding. It's not because of those things. It's, it's because there's a sense and a spirit and an expectation in this place that says, man, it doesn't matter where we came from or where we were, but we're walking out of this place differently. And I'm, go I'm not going to go back up through the roof. I'm going to go out the door. But there's a significant difference between the telling that Mark has and the telling that Luke has. And not different in the sense that it changes the story, but it adds something to the story. Because you find this story in three different Gospels, three different writers that followed Jesus, or at least were talking, wrote about Jesus, uh, tell you these, this story. So three of the four told you this story. And in Luke's Gospel, Luke chapter 5, verse 24. Luke chapter 5, verse 24. He says this. And this is the same story, all right? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. See, you've heard that before. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home. But then Luke adds this one, two-word, little phrase, but it seems really significant, and it actually helps us ex explain Matthew or, or Mark's telling of the story. It says he went home praising God. He went home praising God. So he didn't just go home. He went home with praise. It's important for us to understand this, because it, it, it makes sense coming out of Thanksgiving that we would talk about praise. Because praise, in so many instances, is, is about thanking God for what he's done. So, so praise is making sure that credit is given to the right thing. So in other words, he's not taking all the time to talk about the healing. He's, he's taking much more time to talk about the healer. Yes, he did, he did this. Jesus did this. Jesus healed me. Jesus changed my life. Jesus made a way. Jesus, did, Jesus had compassion. Jesus forgave me. Jesus made things right. So every time I said anything about the good things that were happening, I included the name of Jesus. Why? Because that's what praise is. Praise is taking the credit and putting it in the right place. Praise is being thankful. So in fact, in the Amplified translation, it would say praise was recognition. So the man went out of the house recognizing, praising, and thanking God. So it starts with some recognition. So praise is about recognizing what God has done. How many of you know we can have a tough time doing that sometimes? In the midst of everything else that is still going on, we can have a tough time recognizing what he has already done. And if we don't recognize it, we, we won't ever talk about it. We won't ever celebrate it. And so, so this, this, uh, this guy runs out the house and he begins to recognize and he begins to praise and he begins to thank Jesus for what has happened in his life. And then you begin to understand why 
You understand why? The crowd begins to look at him and, and begins to praise as well. They've, they've seen something, but they've also heard something. How many of you guys, uh, how many of you guys set up your tree before? Let's, you know, let's do a survey. Here you go. You ready? I want you to raise your hands because I want one group to be able to look at the other group with judgment. <laughs> how many of you waited till at least Friday to set up your Christmas stuff? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Praise the Lord. How many of you? Oh, come on now. You better own it if you're going to do it. My, my mother-in-law, who is here today, she said, man, I saw all those Instagram stories on Thanksgiving saying, happy Thanksgiving with Christmas trees in the background. How many of y'all, come on now, already set up a Christmas tree like November 12th? I mean, before Thanksgiving. Y'all ain't even claiming it. We got some, yeah, yeah, hey, the whip, all right, Whitby's, we got Kim White over here. Can you just be thankful for a second before you ask for more things? Okay. I'm not, I'm not condemning you. God will do that. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Just joking. Too far? Too far. Okay. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The truth is that sometimes in our life, and I'm not saying this about y'all set up Christian tree. It's okay. It's just a joke. But sometimes in our life, we move Christmas to Christmas. And we skip over Thanksgiving. And we move past, and we're wondering, and we're frustrated, and we're, and we're wondering why there aren't more gifts under the tree. And we're wondering why there isn't more to celebrate. Why, and God's going, man, you move past the whole Thanksgiving part. You, you, you haven't even spent any time praising me for what I've done. I want, I want, to, I want to read to you a few different um, definitions, I guess you would call it, uh, different guys who've written about, different people who've written about what praise is, okay? Because have you ever heard the terms praise and worship? Ever wondered what the difference is between praise and worship? I, I, would, I would boil it down, and these guys will say it a little bit differently, but I would boil it down to this. Praise is recognition. Worship is identification. Praise recognizes what God has done. Worship is identifying myself with who he is. It is me going, I am not great enough. I am not big enough. He is greater, and I will go from glory to glory to glory in his image and in his purpose. So I would, I would, I would simplify it that way, but there's some, there's some extra things to it, and I want to kind of dig into those in a moment. So I'm just going to read a couple paragraphs here. You guys ready? Yes. Praise is the joyful, everybody say joyful. Praise is the joyful recounting of all God has done for us. It is closely intertwined with thanksgiving as we offer back to God appreciation for his mighty works on our behalf. In scripture, praise is usually presented as boisterous, joyful, and uninhibited. I was telling the worship leaders uh, before service, I was telling Kev and, uh, uh, hey, man, we make it praise. And, and, and Zach said, uh, if you praise like David did, your clothes better fall off. And some of y'all don't know what that means, and that's okay. Uh, but it is in the Bible. Um, but it didn't happen, so Kev, we'll have to try that again. <laughs> and Jesus said, what if people don't praise God? Even the stones will cry out. When the Bible mentions worship, however, the tone changes. We read verses like, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, and come let us worship and bow down. Often worship is coupled with the act of bowing or kneeling, which shows humility and contrition. Just as praise is intertwined with thanksgiving, worship is intertwined with surrender. Praise is opening up. Worship is entering in. Praise is boldly declaring. Worship is humbly bowing. Praise applauds what God has done. Worship is honoring God for who he is. But they're both necessary. I, I, I find that we tend to do, and, and maybe because if you were to find a worship album, more often than not, you would predominant amount of the songs in that album would be worship. 
And, I, and, and I, I hesitate to even say that because the reality of it is worship is not a style. Worship is not necessarily a style of doing something. So, so praise doesn't mean that it's all the upbeat songs. Okay, that's, that's, that's not necessarily the idea. But, the, but, but there's an entrance that praise brings. Praise is this entrance into something. In fact, at the Holy of Holies, have you ever heard Psalm 104 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. And so the first entrance into the tabernacle, which had three different levels, right? And, and, and the, the high priest is the only one who could go in all the way. Now, that, that changed when Jesus died on the cross, and that's a lot to talk about right now. But the, the point was that the first thing you did was enter his gates with thanksgiving, enter his courts with praise. In other words, the quickest way into, to, into relationship with Jesus, the quickest way into the presence of God, the quickest way into a place where you are moving towards God's purpose for you and God's identification with you is praise and thanksgiving because it puts proper perspective on who you are and who he is. And so praise is, and, and it's important for us to understand what praise is because I want us to be a church of praise. I want us to be a church that, that, that enjoys this joyful, boisterous, loud sometimes, celebratory praise. Don't skip praise and worship. It is not the precursor. It is not the warm-up. It is the entrance. It is the entrance. It is the place where you set your feet and you go, This whatever message is going to be heard, it's going to be heard in light of the fact that God is good and God is great and God is the one that I will worship and now I can receive his word. Now I can receive this in proper perspective. Praise puts things in proper perspective. God is great. He has done great things. Now I want to, I want to put a real clear disclaimer on praise. Because I know that, that for, for many of you, you might see me up here uh, praising and worshiping. And I don't necessarily want you to do what I do. Because the one, that would be awkward if we all did the same movements. Um, but two, because my movements are a bit awkward. And uh, then people might think we're a bit crazy. But praise is this. I want, you, I want you to tell you two elements of praise that I think are incredibly important. Praise is seen and heard. Praise is seen and heard. Have you ever been, uh, have you ever been at a game? And uh, I, I, I coached my son's baseball team this year, and uh, I'm pretty sure we went undefeated. They didn't keep score, but I'm pretty sure we did. And, um, I mean, everybody touched home, but uh, we were better. And... Uh, and I, uh, I, every time, every time I would say, way to go, Kaysen. Every time I did it, my hands either clapped, I patted somebody on the back, my whole body moved. There was no, anybody know what I'm talking about? If, you, if you're cheering on a kid or a cousin or, or you're cheering on a friend or whatever, and, you're, and you start to say, hey, way to go. You, you, you rarely just stand still and go, Way to go. I mean, like even just now, I couldn't help but move my head. Right? You, you just, it's, it's like sneezing and closing your eyes. They go together. You, 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 you go, way to go. You don't ever just say it. You show it. It's seen and heard. Here's why I think that's important. You ready? Because if you only see it and you don't hear it, you don't understand it. And if you only hear it and you don't see it, you don't trust it. 
So if I stood here, if you were watching me at a Cowboys game, and that's the cool thing about praise, is that praise is a word that is, that is used across the board. Worship is only of one thing. Worship God and God alone. But praise can be something that, that you give to people. You can encourage people. You can be thankful for people. You can praise, but way to go. Hey, way to go. Way to, well done. But if you were to watch me, watch a Cowboys game, I, I, a good one, not a bad one, but a good one, and uh, you would see me, and, and if all you saw was this, that's not what, I just did some cheer move or something, I don't know, go, and uh, R-E-D, and um, red, hot, red, hot, red, hot, so if all you saw was the body motions, you would not understand why I'm happy. You, you might even think, if you're watching me and not the game, you might even think I'm angry. Because I don't smile. I'm like, you know, like I'm like about to jump somebody. Because I do that often. And, but if you heard, if you saw me do this, yeah, Cowboys, way to go, it's awesome. And just stood still, you'd be like, I don't think he actually believes that. I don't think that's actually true. I, I think I, I would see it. Yeah. And, and so sometimes the issue, I mean, I don't know. How many of you know some Christians who you hear it, but you don't see it, and you don't believe it? Or how many of you have seen some things from some believers, and you've gotten mad about it <laughs> because you never heard how it happened? And so you're not actually jealous. You didn't realize all the pain they went through to get to where they are because they never actually talk about it. And so you don't know why they're happy. You know they're happy, but you don't know why. You got to see it and you got to hear it. And I want to be a church when people walk in and when people experience our dinner parties and they hang out with us at a restaurant or they hang out with us at a bar or they hang out with us at a coffee shop or they hang out with us at a grocery store because that's where you do things. If they see it, they see it and they hear it. That it's a thing that they can see with their eyes and they can hear and they know something's different and they know why it's different. There are too many of us who have a different life but we never told anyone about it. So people know it's different but they don't know why it's different. And so we have a bunch of people who think that you're a good Christian if you got a good car and a great house and life's comfortable. And that's, a, that's just not okay. It's much more than that. Much deeper than that. Much greater than that, quite frankly. And we've convinced ourselves, and we've lured ourselves into this trap. And we've thought that, oh, well, the, everything's good because everything on the outside looks good. But it is on us. Could you imagine if this guy got up and began to praise Jesus but didn't walk? Or began to walk but didn't tell anybody what happened? It'd be like hijacking what God had done because he never told them what God had done. You go, How'd you walk? Oh, it just happened. What, you, you, did, you used to be on a mat? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's cool, right? I'm not anymore. Well, how? Yeah, well, no, just thing back, yeah, stuff. No. We're meant to be people of praise. We're meant to be people who gain entrance into the presence of God because we are willing to put what he has done in perspective. We're willing to put what he has done in front of people. We're willing to share our story because your story may not be perfect. It may not be all worked out just yet, but it does matter, and it does have power, especially if it points people to Jesus. So praise should be on our lips. I, I, I find it very difficult to hang around with people that never give anybody credit. 
I find, I, do you know what I'm talking about? I find it very difficult to hang out with people who, who never actually praise anybody. And, 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 and the truth is, I, I think maybe there's times where, where I'm not that guy. I don't praise people. I don't encourage people enough. I don't, I don't tell people. And, and I can tell in my spirit that something's not right. And, I, and sometimes I have to praise God for what he's done to get my spirit in the right place so that I can walk into what he wants to do. Because the reality of this story, the reality of what happens in this man's life, the reality of what he does here, that when he begins to go home praising God, it planted seeds in other people. It actually put in other people the opportunity for them to grab hold of something that wasn't quite theirs yet, but it was something. It, it, it was something that they could grab. It was something that they could touch. It was something they could feel. It was something they could hear. It was something they could believe because they could see him walking and they could hear him praising. And there was something about him that gave them hope for them. In other words, his praise was directly connected to their praise. If he didn't go home praising, then there's a very good chance that the people would not have sat in amazement and praised God. They would have just sat in amazement. They would have been, wow, that's cool. But they would have no idea who to give credit to. And I want us to be in a church. I want us to be a people. I want us to be a, a, a church, a family, a community of people who, who praises on our lips. That we are honoring people. That we love people. That, man, we praise God. That we're thankful that we recognize what he has done. And in recognizing what he has done, he can begin to reveal in us what he wants to continue to do. So maybe the thing that has stopped up uh, the, the gifts under the tree for you, maybe the thing that has kept some more things happening in your life is not the fact that God doesn't have more gifts to give, but we haven't actually fully embraced the gifts he's already given. We, we, we haven't fully understood that he's already given us a way and already made a way and already solved some things and already fixed some things and already done some things. And when I fully embrace that, when I fully recognize that, and my life begins to be a life of praise, then all of a sudden I go home and I begin to walk into a new thing of life because I have a perspective and I have a different personality. And, and don't ever let personality overwhelm your praise. If some of you, when I said it was seen and heard, some of you go, well, yeah, that's not my personality. As though your personality is the highest priority that God has for you. As though your personality is the priority that God made you with. No, I want him to have a good personality. No, he wants you to have purpose. You need to submit your personality to your purpose. You need to go, I'm, I'm, I am meant to praise God. In many, in many cases, praise was a command. In many cases, praise was not just a, hey, you should think about. He says, praise the Lord your God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. It, it was both, a, both an encouragement and a command. It was, hey, do this. And most of the commands God gives have nothing to do with just him submitting us to his will. It has everything to do with our health because he wants to work in healthy people. He wants to work health out in your life so you can walk fully in the God thing that he made for you. And so God has put praise in you. And he says, if you don't do it, what happens? The rocks cry out. It's that important. It matters that much on the earth that you would praise. It matters that much on the earth that you would lift your voice, that you would celebrate your God, that you would, you would, you would give him credit for what he has done. Even if you still got some things that need to be done, that you would celebrate him for what he already has done. And in doing that, you would begin to see him do more. See, I, if, I, if I get unthankful, I get real stuck. 
if I get unthankful and I get bitter and I, and I, I just have everything to say about everybody and, I, and, and God's really not, and man, I just get stuck. I can't move. I can't. It, it just shuts me down. I get worry, worrisome or anxious. I get negative. I get, but man, and I'm not telling you, you that there aren't moments for you to be negative in the sense that there are things that happen that would cause you to, to move that direction. But what if in those moments, if I get negative, I just agree with what happened. And so I, I stay where it is. I stay, I stay hooked to whatever the situation or the, the, the circumstances. But if I praise, I've shifted my perspective. I've put my eyes upon Jesus. And now, and now I'm going where he goes. Now, now, now I'm led by him. Now I'm walking with him. That's why I want people to see Jesus, because I want people to see something worth praising. I want people to see something worth shouting for. I want people to see something worth moving for. I want, I want, I want people to see something that makes them get up off their seat. I want, I want somebody to get up and go, way to go, Jesus. Hey, that was good. That was awesome. And yeah, tomorrow might not be perfect, but you're still good. That still happened. That's still true. That's still going. The cross still works. Grace is still here. You still came out the grave. You still ascended to heaven. You still sent the Holy Spirit. You still have gifts for me and fruit for me. You're still working in me. And some of you should be clapping right now because you are waiting for me to do all your praise. And you need to praise. Some of you need to make praise your personal thing. Some of you need to go, hey, this is what I need to move in. I need to be praise people. I need to be people who give thanks. I don't need to be a person who agrees with culture that things are bad. I'm, 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 it is not hard for you to tell me that things aren't perfect in the world. That's easy to do. That doesn't mean I'm denying it, but I'm not going to sit in it. I'm not going to agree with it. I'm not going to live in it. Yeah, things aren't perfect. I get that. But you know what I'm going to do while everybody's worrying about all the things that aren't going well? I'm going to pick some people up. I'm going to take them to Jesus. I'm going to put them in front of Jesus. I'm going to walk them. I'm going to see them walk out the door. And I'm going to see them praising God. And I'm going to watch as a crowd sees it and looks at it and goes, oh, this is, I've never seen this before. I've never seen things like this happen before. This is incredible. That's what I want to do. I don't know about you. I don't need to be a bunch of people in here going, man, it ain't good out there. That, that, that stuff, man, that's stuff. mm, mm, mm. Have you been down that street lately? Mm, man, that is. We are a people of solutions who embrace the tension, who engage the conversation, who, who, who are willing to walk into the difficulty and go, it might be hard to get in the house, but I'm going to get in the house. I'm going to put somebody in front of Jesus. And the truth is that, some, that we're all the, the paralyzed man and we're all the people carrying the mat, all of us. We're both of them. We need to carry some people, and for some of us, we need to be dropped in front of Jesus. We all are. Your praise, our praise, is directly connected to their praise. If we can't praise here together, then we will not see this city praise. As they want to see Jesus, they need to see us. And they need to see what Jesus has done in us. And while we ain't perfect, we got a different perspective. And we praise Jesus. We praise him. And we lift him up. And I'm going to be a person that dedicates my life and my voice to praise. And it will take me into a place of worship like I've never experienced before. 
See, if we don't praise, I'm going to say this and I'm going to close. And I'm just, I'm just throwing this one out there. If we don't praise, worship will become about God identifying with us rather than us identifying with him. Because if we don't have praise in our lips, then we will shrink God to us, shrink God to our circumstance, shrink God to our frustration, shrink God to our anger, shrink God to our bitterness, shrink God to our circumstances. But if we have praise on our lips, it buoys our soul and all of a sudden now we can worship and go, I'm going to identify with his grace. I will identify with his healing. I will identify with his purpose. I will identify with his hope. I will identify with his joy. I will identify with his future. I will identify with his vision. I will identify with him. And my identification shifts. So if we want the identification, we have to have the recognition. Lord, I pray right now across this whole place. God, that we become people.